Thank you, Mr. Ambassador. Uh, in any event, in 1992, he became the uh, chairman and managing director of Cutter Petroleum Company, uh, which has the lion's share of the development of uh, Cutter's uh, energy industry. And, and Cutter uh, is uh, perhaps one of the least well-known, and uh, even to the degree it's known, it's, it's uh, one of the least well-understood. Uh, of the uh, Arab countries and even those in Arabia and the Gulf and the Gulf Co uh, Cooperation Council uh, countries. And yet, it's the place, the headquarters of the forward uh, deployed largest contingent of American uh, forces for the United States uh, General Com uh, Central Command and the um, uh, uh, Al-Odeid uh, Air Base in terms of the area of responsibility. Uh, it's had a revolutionary impact for the last 20 years, uh, going on 20 years in terms of uh, uh, information uh, revolution and transformation and changing uh, technology and reach through Al Jazeera, both Arabic as well as English. Uh, many people watching the last summer in Gaza being pummeled uh, watched uh, Al Jazeera more than any other uh, uh, television uh, satellite uh, uh, station. Uh, it is, to use the phrase that Ambassador Freeman uh, referred to in terms of regime change, set an example where the Emir stepped down voluntarily, not for reasons of health, but to make a generational uh, change uh, to uh, his son, the Emir uh, Sheikh uh, Tamim uh, bin uh, Hamad al uh, Khalifa. And Additionally, it's revolutionized a dimension of American overseas education. There are many in the audience, or maybe not many, but certainly some who spent a junior year abroad or who were Fulbright Fellows. Uh, what Cutter has done is transport full-fledged four-year universities uh, to uh, Doha. Uh, Texas A&M in the realm of engineering, Carnegie Mellon in terms of computer sciences and business, uh, Virginia Commonwealth University in terms of design and architecture and interior uh, aesthetics, uh, Northwestern University in terms of journalism and mass communication, Georgetown University in terms of foreign service and diplomacy, and others uh, there where the admission criteria are the same, and graduation for examinations are the same. Uh, no country in the world has done that kind of revolutionary example. I remember when uh, the Amir's consort went to Harvard University and tried to chat up uh, Harvard to see if they'd have a campus in Doha. The uh, people at Harvard said, um, lady, we, we cannot even get a branch across town. Uh, uh, let alone one halfway around the, the planet. But they've even had second thoughts uh, since then. So you have a country that very much has punched above its weight, like Luxembourg and like Switzerland. Size does not necessarily always matter for influence and power and authority and leaving behind a lasting legacy. Same thing for uh, Switzerland and, and other uh, small nations. Uh, Qatar is the number three country in the world in terms of uh, gas reserves, and I believe it's held for the last couple of years the highest income per capita of any uh, people uh, on the uh, planet. Uh, as speaker, uh, Abdullah bin Hamad al uh has been a uh, second deputy prime minister in Qatar, 
He's been a deputy prime minister of Qatar, and he is now the chief of the Amiri Dewan. Now, if you've never heard those words before, think gatekeeper, 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 gatekeeper <laughs> to the decision-making and policy-making powers. Uh, we have the privilege now of listening to Abdullah bin Hamad uh, Alatiya. Please join me in welcoming him. Good morning, Dr. Antonio, Mr. Bush, Your Excellencies, ladies and gentlemen. I'm very happy to come back to Washington after four years. When I was a Minister of Energy for the last 20 years, I was coming to Washington at least once or twice a year to talk with the administration, with the congressmen, with the Senate, with all the concern about the energy and geopolitics. And then I have to move from Washington to the capital of the energy, Houston, Texas. I was enjoying you know, working in, with the many American companies, and especially ExxonMobil, ConocoPhillips, and others, who we will contribute in how to create the stabilizations in the world of energy. I will not talk too much about energy because I know this is my favorite topics and I can talk hours and days and maybe years. But I would like you know now what to explain my or to explain my feeling after I come back from after four years to Washington. There are a lot of changes that happen in the Middle East. Unfortunately, the geopolitics map was changed very dramatically. We end up with a lot of civil wars. We end up with a lot of small wars. Seems to be these wars will take us for a long time, unfortunately. Now what we will face in the Middle East is something that it will, as I explain it, as a mess management a menace management from all the countries and, and the governments. Even after the Arab Spring, we will find that the Middle East is heating. The way that to explain where we are going, how to end up with the world now, it used to be, you know, the, the word, you know, this word for a long time, searching its entity searching what we will end up. Unfortunately, there are a lot of reasons why we end up to, today. And we believe that, as I mentioned, that mismanagement and concern about how to create the real democratic, you know, in the, that the Middle East, especially the Arab, can cooperate with it. We live years and years that we're hearing that we are not eligible for them. We are not uh, more mature. We need more time and long years to be mature. Trying, you know, we believe this theory. And now when we see that, and trying to read what our, you know, map wrote, what the future of the Middle East. I believe, and I should admit it, you know, 
that it, it's a very difficult, you know, you know, answer, and it's what I call it one billion dollar answer. Used to be they call it one million dollar, uh, you know, answer, but now with the inflation, I believe is one million billion dollar is the question. I believe now that we should all, the, you know, even the Arab world, you know, now is divided. You know, even they cannot talk with each other. Even the Arab League is almost jeopardized and paralyzed. What if you see what happened in Iraq, in Yemen, in you know Egypt, in uh, Libya, in Somalia, or, or, you know Iraq, you know this, Syria? That seems to be that even if it's, we cannot to predict what will happen tomorrow, I will you know accept you know I will congratulate Tunisia for their election two days ago. It was so surprising that Tunisians, they play it very well. And if you see, today, you know, when the election is over in Tunisia, and the result yesterday was clear, and uh, the Nahda party being defeated, even is not a, uh, defeated, but he's with 31% against 38%, for the other Nidab Tunis party, seems to be that they are very similar, very close. But to see for the first time in Arab election, the loser congratulate the winner. We never had it before. Before, even if you have election in some other countries, the loser will accuse the winner that he's cheating and never, you know, will agree with this result. We. It's really, I, I agree with what Dr. You know, Duke Antoni explained and try you know, to discuss and the other speaker, you know, Ambassador Freeman and others, that we are in the area that we should focusing and we should construct it. Not okay to fight you know, the radicals and the fanatic is a, no, you know, is a part of the world. But the problem you have to understand it's not the only Daesh or uh, the Qaeda and others. We, we may have an, a more Daesh, another Daesh with a different name, unless we don't, we don't solve the real problem in the Middle East and the core problems as Palestine and other countries. Without that, we are wasting our time and just we are fight and then we will compare to, to long wars Awards will never finish. We have to work, you know, to understand that if today Israel claim it's a Jewish state and the other claim is a Christian, you know, state, and other claim is Muslim Sunni state or Shiite uh, Muslim state, so we end up with a lot of religion states. Everyone to be claim that is right and his God is right, and the other gods is not right. We have to, you know, to understand and to educate ourselves in how in the Middle East we accept the game of the name, the name of the game, and how to participate in real democracy. A democracy that should be protected and respected, not to interventions from other power as a military and others. And we have to also 
to see how the Arab world where unfortunately I even I cannot explain it and even I try to read between the line what happened what is now we be, be, you know why we refuse of the transformers for the future and now we just go back you know 100 years or 1000 years in fighting among ourselves sometimes we fight in the name of god sometimes we fight we believe that we are wrong and the other right but i can talk about my country a little bit i came from a small country and now for sure everyone uh, knows where qatar i remember when i came to united states to went to school in michigan 1970 my it was my biggest problem to explain why, where I am from. Ah, where you come from, Qatar? Where is Qatar? In the Arabian Gulf. Oh, it's close to Gulf of Mexico? No, sir. Oh, where, how you come to, uh, to Michigan? Oh, I came through Doha, London, London, uh, Detroit. Oh, London, Ontario. Oh, so it's not the, even London, UK. Uh, but, you know, Qatar today, yes, our energy sector played a very strong role because back a few years ago, Qatar was only the smallest producers in OPEC will not exceed their production 350,000 barrels. I'm, I'm very happy today the equivalent to barrel production is almost 5 million barrels. Qatar today is the biggest LNG producer in the world with 77 million tons. We supply almost 30, 30% of the whole LNG to the world. Today, Qatar is the biggest LNG, uh, GTL producer in the world. It's a gas to liquid, how to convert gas to diesel and jet fuel and other products. Today, we are also playing a very important role in uh, industrializing our nation, using our raw materials. And today, Qatar is one of the, you know, one of the biggest player in the petrochemicals, fertilizers, steel, helium, aluminium, old, and we are exporting to almost 90 countries. But another problem, oil and gas, because many countries, they have oil and gas. And maybe many countries, even they produce more and gas than us. But the most important is how to utilize this revenue to build your country to build a country for the future. Because all our biggest concern is what after oil and gas. Oil and gas is a depleted resource. In just coming years, you will be you will run your oil and gas. So our aim and our challenge is how to create a modern country, how to become Qatar, build itself for the future beyond oil and gas. When the time of the oil and gas depleted, we can survive. I'm very happy today that Qatar today is becoming what I call it the education capital of the Middle East. We are very happy to host the most prestige American universities as Georgetown, Carnegie Mellon, Cornell Medical School, Texas A&M, and Northwest. And also we have another 
universities coming from, uh, for instance, from Canada as Calgary University for nursing, um, Dutch University, other universities, different schools. So we cre creating a culture of schools. And Qatar today is attracting many, many students, either locally or overseas, to come to study in Qatar. I, I believe our leadership, and as my friend Dr. Antoni, he explained more what I want, just not repeated, how the role of Qatar, how Qatar today, uh, you know, creating, you know, building a, a strong bridge between the East and West, and how the Qatari rule in how to try to involve in stabilization of the area. We know we, uh, we became under a lot of pressures. Pressures then, we can see the many people, you know, play a small country for, and sometimes they create rumors that even not true. And to remind me what they call it, Goebbels School in Germany back in the Second War, create rumors and just repeat it until you believe it. And we are really fed up, you know, when uh, I just every morning to read the newspapers and everybody trying to blame Qatar, whatever happened, even in the whole world. And even I end up saying, oh, even if we have earthquake in the moon, I'm sure the next day they will blame Qatar for it. So we'd like, you know, the way in how appreciating, you know, the rule of Qatar and how the Qatar playing to be a moderate, a moderated with the others and trying, you know, to solve, you know, with other power in how we can for stabilization. I can talk more, but unfortunately, you know, I don't want to get you boring from my speech, but I'm always talking from the heart. The heart that we are today, as an, I appreciated the use Arab policymaker for their initiative and their to how to bring the American policymaker in to understand, you know, the Middle East. We don't want, and I understand, and I was appreciated when we always mentioned that the Palestinian cause is the core, you know, uh, cause in the Middle East. Without solve the Middle East, uh, Palestine, we will see the stabilization. It will never, you know, stable in the Middle East. We always, we, cannot, we should not just escape for you know, or to create escape goats, and we just close our eyes, pretending that, or trying, you know, even if you notice today, most of the press and the mass media, they never mention Palestine no more. They always mention the other, you know, or what is the heating there. But I believe, and I should, you know, appreciated what the Arab American policy maker, you know, their role in how to create understanding and how to focusing in the Palestinian issue and other issues. Ladies and gentlemen, I would like to thank you for giving me your patience and to hear my words. Thank you very much.
at this point in time, ladies and gentlemen, I'd like to ask Ambassador Mohammed Al Khawari from the Embassy of the State of Qatar to please uh, come uh, to the front. Thank you. Okay. As the ambassador comes, uh, two other things that uh, failed to mention in introducing a distinguished guest. Uh, he has put to uh, practice various concepts that have become dear to uh, a lot of people looking for uh, better governance, uh, softer governance, so that uh, government is best that governs least. Um, he is the director of Qatar's uh, Authority for Control and Transparency. And transparency is, is a buzzword to try to lessen, if not eliminate, uh, corruption. And so there's corruption in every governmental structure or system uh, uh, across the, the, uh, the globe. Uh, but that Qatar has called out a niche and has an authority that focuses primarily on this up front, out front, standing up, speaking up against uh, corruption, and that he's the head of it uh, speaks uh, uh, volumes. Uh, similarly, he is the chairman of the United Nations Commission on sustainability. Uh, lots of people talk about modernization. Lots of people talk about development. Lots of people talk about transformation. Lots of people talk about life-changing experiences. And some talk about sustainability. Uh, but very few have an office that focuses on primarily uh, sustainability. And also he has been the chairman of Qatar's planning commission. Ambassador Freeman made reference uh, to Eisenhower having established a planning commission uh, there to look down the future uh, uh, for decades yet to come uh, to try to uh, see how a, a country can augment its position of power and influence and security and stability and the prospects uh, uh, for peace and, and prosperity. These things don't happen by accident and they don't happen by coincidence. Uh, they happen through institutions, but more so they happen through individuals. And uh, we have an individual who for more than three decades has brought Qatar uh, from where it was uh, to where it is. And in testimony to those accomplishments, hard work, and achievements, we'd like to present uh, to His Excellency a Global Leadership Award. And we have the ambassador of Qatar here with us, Sheikh Mohammed Jaham Al Khawari. Yeah. Uh, thank you very much, uh, Jan Duke. Ladies and gentlemen, I am so glad to be with you in this important uh, conference. I think uh, we give all our support as a state of Qatar to what you are doing here to enhance the good relation between United States and the Arab world. Like what His Excellency the Minister Abdullah bin Hamad Atiyah said, Qatar is looking for creating this bridge, cultural bridge, between our two uh, countries and uh, 
we are going to uh, work very hard to see the new generations, American generations and the Arab generation, to work together. Qatar is putting a lot of efforts and a lot of energy for education. We would like to see education helping to, by rooting education, we can uproot extremism and radicalism in our region. So we need your help for enhancing this uh, objective in our region, and we are going uh, to do a lot of things to uh, uh, create a lot of projects, and uh, Qatar is uh, creating uh, the project for the new generation in the, in the, in the region, like uh, education, the media, and the sport. You know, one of the aspects that we should enhance, Qatar became also beside uh, uh, a capital for education, is a capital for sport. We are going to host the World Cup 2022, which is going to give a lot of hope for our young people and the new generation. And we thank you very much, uh, John Duke, and we are looking forward for your next visit to Doha in November. And uh, we appreciate really very much what you are doing for the Arab League's model, which is a great project, and we want to enhance this project with you. Thank you very much, and we look forward to seeing you.